Andrew Keel Land. Android 138 Flatline Audio 138. In dreams, your dreams miss you, an audio exploration. Episode 5. July 4th, 19 to July 5th, 19 Dream 41 2 Part Dream. Part 1 Daytime. It was a group of people, a crowd, filling the streets of a foreign city. People were just walking around. Out of that crowd, it focuses on a group of five men walking together. They were Asian American men, approximately in their 30s, who were all wearing white t-shirts, shorts, and all carrying machetes. They seemed to be searching for someone. They were walking quickly together, with their machetes in hand, when a bigger group of people, like SWAT, or some sort of government police, show up and start shooting at them through the crowd. They started fighting these people, and chasing them. At one point, they chased them through a movie theater lobby, that was located in a mall. One of the men goes to run up some stairs, that were lit up, and carpeted, like they have in movie theaters, when he is shot a couple of times by the SWAT team, and falls down on the stairs. One of the other men runs up to him, seeing that this man was dying, and swiftly severs his head from his shoulders with his machete. When he does this, a reptile snake creature comes out of the man's severed neck, and eats the man who had just cut off his head. As this happens, another machete man runs up, and swiftly chops the snake creature in two, but not before it had eaten the head of the second man. He also chops the creature that comes out of the second man's neck. Then he continues Flatline to fight the SWAT team, with the other men with machetes. Part 2 Nighttime It was the scene in Ace Ventura, or the same room or tank, as the shark in that movie. No Jim Carrey though, just that dark, eerie, fish tank room. There seemed to be other creatures filling that room also. Then, a group of seemingly normal people, about five of them, come marching into the room by one man. He was about six feet tall or so, and was carrying those ex-bullet straps on his shoulders across his chest, and had two machine guns, one in each arm. He was strange, with a crazy mustache, and long brown hair. They walked into this room, and all you hear is loud gunfire, killing splatter sounds, and explosions. A few seconds later, the group then comes walking back out, all covered in blood and guts, with the head person, now smoking a cigar, carrying his ammo belts and machine guns. He seemed to be singing a song, but I couldn't make out what it was. Dreamlands. July 6, 19 to July 7, 19 Dream 42. Part 1 Daytime. At Ed H. Old House in Broadhead, with Ed, and Doug A. Dane was there also. We seemed to be looking for something downstairs. As we were looking for whatever it was, Doug says, Hey. Andrew, you know, it's alright, I'm okay yeah no. Part 2 Daytime. I was then with Dane C. and Jamie H. hanging out in the woods, walking around. We then walked out of the woods and were in a crowded market. We all walked around there, watched the people, and I had thought I had seen Zach J walking around and then be hidden by a building, so I followed and caught up with him. He said, hello, and we talked. He then said, hey, it's okay yeah no, I'm fine. Everything is alright. 
morning 9.40am. I was at my parents' house with Dane C and Joe Q. We were in my old room and had found a showbox filled with drawings on clean paper. We took them out of the box, careful not to break them, as they were thin and fragile, and laid them out on the floor. All three of us were looking at these drawings, trying to figure out the meaning of them. When all of a sudden, they all one by one, and randomly, not in any order, began to dissolve into ash and disappear, like they were being burned somehow, but there was no flame. Dane and Joe both said, quick. Andrew, do that thing where you can remember rough images of things. Whatever that means. After the last drawing had turned to ash and disappeared, there was a knock on my parents' front door, and I went downstairs to see who it was. I opened the door, it was Noah Jane, wearing a black rain hat and black rain coat, it was downpouring. He said, hey, India, are you ready? We're already ten minutes late. For what? I said, and left with him out the front door, into his car, and drove away. Part 4, continued from part 3. Then, next thing I know, I am flying a jet fighter airplane, with Noah in a separate jet fighter next to mine, and about four other jet planes, flying through a big city somewhere. Not above a big city, through it, like flying low above the streets, and racing. We fly past a crowd of people, who looked like they were standing on the sidewalk, behind a road, the way you would for a city marathon you were watching. One of the men says, is that Andrew, about time he got here. It was the actor who played Raiden in the Mortal Kombat movies, but as himself, not a character. Dream events. 7-25-19 to 7-26-19 Dream 43 Daytime. I was in a building with Dane C, Nika, Scott W, and I think Duggar was with us too. It was a building full of people, the business seemed to be an arcade and pizza place, but there was also a bar. We were walking all throughout the building on a guided tour by one of the employees. Walking around through the multiple levels, and even the rooftop. It felt like it was a laser tag or adventure zone type place. Then, we were downstairs, all sitting at the bar, where we ordered pizza, and hung out. Behind the bed, on the TVs, was the Simpsons episode, with Bart and Lisa as Stretch Dude and Clover Girl, playing on silent, even though I remember hearing the Stretch Dude and Clover Girl song. On the speakers in the building, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song was playing, pretty loud, all throughout the building. Also, there was a cork dart board behind the bar on the wall with the metal tip darts in the board, about six darts. I remember Dane and I said to each other, hey, can we play that, as we looked around, and no one was behind the bar. As I just reached over the bar and grabbed the darts, I was saying, we sure can, and Dane and I were laughing. We then started playing darts, eating pizza, watching The Simpsons, and hearing the TMNT theme song. For some reason, James Franco walked into the building, and said a line from one of his movies with Seth Rogen, 
but he was younger than us, like a kid, but looked like he does in the movie Pineapple Express. The music stopped as he walked in, he said a line of his from that movie, everyone cheers and laughs, and then the music starts again, and he continues walking around. It was very strange. We all go back to watching The Simpsons, listening to the TMNT theme song, eating pizza, playing darts, and just hanging out as the scene fades out. Dream ends. Flatline Audio, Wood 38. August 6, 19 to August 7, 19 Dream 44 Nighttime. At Drew L. Parent's house with Tashina and Paul. Bethany L. and Angie C. were there, and also Drew's parents. His mom was mad at me for some reason and was kicking me out of the house. Everyone was in the kitchen, when she yelled at me and told me to leave. I said, okay, fine, and walked out the door in the kitchen. I came back in though, because I had left my water bottle on the kitchen table. I grabbed the bottle and as I turned around, there was some sort of robot rolling across the kitchen floor, like the one in the movie Forbidden Planet. It was just like that robot, only it had the head of a chihuahua dog, behind the glass on the top of the robot. The dog was barking, snarling, and foaming at the mouth at me, while rolling forward. I backed up, with my water bottle, and left out the door. Dream ends. August 27, 19, 7.45 p.m. Dream 45 nighttime. I was in a zombie apocalypse outbreak, with my brother, niece, sister, mom, and dad. We were at some sort of fair when it started, under a huge tent, that was open. It was dark and eerie, but still had the lights from the tent, like circus lights or something, strung like Christmas lights, all around the tent and tent poles. The zombies caught us all off guard. Also, the Clem family was there, and Aunt Janet. These zombies seemed to be smart, and able to think and plot, and organize. It was strange because they were still very much your typical zombie, just smarter, and quicker, and terrifying. We were all under the circus tent, when it happened very suddenly. Almost like all of the zombies came down in a spaceship, broke through this tent, and started causing havoc and mayhem. Also, my cousins were with us as we all fought them off. I remember it being normal, but strange, at the beginning of the dream. We were all attending this normal function, under a very strange tent, with wooden chairs for seating inside, like there was going to be some sort of show, that we were getting ready to see. Next to the tent section with the chairs, was another section with a few tables of catered food on them. I saw the light from the ship, descend from the sky, and land outside the tent, just before it happened. Space Zombies The dream ends, with my family and I, just fighting zombies, while people around us were getting bit. Dream ends. October 7, 19 to October 18, 19, Dream 46. I was in a school classroom with a bunch of other students, kids from my hometown. We were all seated, with a woman teacher at the head of the class, standing and talking to us about a school project. I raised my hand, and asked a question, but I can't remember what it was. After a little while in the classroom, the scene shifted to a building, 
that must have been in a park, with a square pavilion that had picnic tables in it, outside. The pavilion was by the water. It was me, Jane C., Ben B., my parents, my brother, and sister, Joku and Matt H. There were two other people there, male, who I did not recognize. They were talking about a project involving wood flooring and restoration. Soon after, we looked outside, and noticed all of these crows were dying, falling from the sky, and piling up around a park, by the pavilion, and down by the water. Then, the pavilion and path up to the river bank, where more dead crows were floating in the water. Some were very weak baby crows, but they were still alive for a second. They were trying to stand up in the water next to the river bank, but kept falling over, and soon also died. The scene cut back to us in the building. It was a one-level building, with a diner hall in it, where we watched out the window in confusion. Dream ends. Flatline Audio, with 38. October 14, 19 to October 15, 19 Dream 47. Four kids, about high school age, living in the city. The scene started with them sitting at a subway restaurant, in a booth, two on each side. It was during the day, and the restaurant was open, but they weren't eating food. Instead, they were just sitting in this booth, doing lines of cocaine, with people coming in and out, all around them, but no one said or did anything about it. It was three males, and one female. One male sitting on the woman's side was African American, the rest of them were white. They were definitely high school age, but seemed to all be wealthy rich kids with career jobs. The woman was some sort of reporter or news anchor, and the male seemed to be all lawyers and real estate people. I feel like this dream took place in the 1980s or maybe early 1990s. Anyway, these kids were sitting in this room, talking and laughing, and snorting lines, in a subway that was clearly open and had workers and customers coming in and out, but no one around them really acknowledged it. Then, they all walk outside after a while, they are all wearing suits. When they walk outside, it all of a sudden turns to nighttime, and suddenly their fire trucks, ambulances, police cars, and other emergency vehicles, all with their top lights on. There is even a reporting and film crew filming a segment about the deadly car crash. It suddenly goes back to daytime, the crash scene disappears, no one says anything about it, and they go and sit in their red convertible car, where they continue to do lines, talk, and laugh. The last scene of the dream, is them driving through the city at night, the woman was driving. They were laughing and talking, feeling like they could get away with anything, and they probably can. Dream ends. followed by a woman nurse in an old era nurse uniform. 
like it was also a mental ward or something. I was also trying not to be caught by a man in a tuxedo. He was an older man who looked like a butler and carried around, shining, silver serving tray. They saw me a few times, never caught me, but kept following and chasing me through the floors on the way to the top. One of the floors toward the middle level was all tile, bright flickering lay lights. It was a big room with showers in it, like the whole floor that was a multi-shower room, like they would have at a gym or public pool or something. There was another nurse lady who was sitting at a desk in that room, like a hospital check-in desk with the sliding window. She saw me and then also started to follow me. I worked my way up from floor to floor, which were all dark and candlelit and looked like funeral parlors with red carpet. All the while, these three people were following me and trying to catch me. I get up to the top floor. I walk down a long corridor, dimly lit, candles along the wall, dark, with red carpet, until I get a pair of double hospital doors. The doors was the end of the hall, a wall, but it had stairs going up at an angle, starting from the left corner, along the wall, up to the top level. The top level was open, but seemed to be an airport, with only a clear dome covering it with one end open to the outside rooftop. It was like an airplane higher. I see a man in a black suit, about to get on a plane. Apparently, while I had been followed and chased on the way up, I was trying to catch this person. I don't know, but I think he was like the head doctor, a donor of the company and building or something. I run up to him and grab him by the neck collar and I ask him something quite angrily, although I do not know what it was. He responds with something ominous and cryptic, although I also do not know or remember what he said. I let go of his collar and stare at him as he backs up and gets on the plane, just outside the hangar. This person looked like Max's dad from Always Sunny, tattoos and all, black hair, but wearing a black suit. I am left in confusion at the top of this mortal mental ward and funeral parlor multi-level complex as he takes off. Dream ends. October 19, 19 to October 20th, 19 dream 49 daytime. I was walking down the street in a big city, in a rough part of town. It was summer, it was dirty, and somewhat windy, with newspapers randomly blowing around in the streets. I walked by a storefront to my right, stop, and look in. It was split into two sections. A window on the left and a window on the right, big picture windows. In between them was the door. In the left room, I saw a man setting up crates of records. On the right, was a bigger room, filled with vinyl, with a desk in the center, and two women about my age, sitting at it. I walk in, go into the bigger room, and start flipping through the records. Once I had a stack of about ten or so, I walk up to the middle desk, and talk to the two women. Some of the vinyl I grabbed included, NWA, Easy, and Isaac Hayes. I talked to the two women as I paid for my vinyl, 
and they mentioned and pointed out these glass jars of money and change around the room, that people could add to, and would go to the homeless. I talked to them for a few minutes, but mentioned that I had to get back home and get dishes done. As I left, I threw a whole handful of change into one of the jars, headed out the door, and proceeded to walk down the street with my new stack of records. Dream ends. November 17th, 19 to November 18th, 19 Dream 50. I was in a building, multiple level, with a bunch of people who were protesting, chanting, holding signs and such, walking around all throughout the building. It was me and my family, Paul, Tashina, Addy, Mom, and Dad. Dane C was there, with his mom. Everyone ended up on the middle floor level of the building, gathered, and marched into a big auditorium, where everyone filled up and stood in the seating area. There was one man in the middle of this room, giving a speech, to absolutely no one, before our crowd of people marched in, protesting. Everyone was now in the seated area, standing, chanting, and yelling at this man in the center of the room. He walked up to the front of the seated area, the crowd quieted down a little. He leaned up and put his arms on the gate bar, in front of the seats and said, what are you going to do about it? To which the crowd started yelling again, even louder than before. The man was wearing a suit, and kind of looked like the actor Jeffrey Jones. He then walked out of a side door, and up a set of stairs, that circled around the room toward the top of the building. As he was walking up, the whole crowd could still see him behind the pillars, and everyone continued to shout at him. My friend Dane walked up to the pillars and really went off on him, yelling, however I don't recall what he actually said. The men continued up the stairs to the top of the building, and everyone started to leave out of the room. As everyone got out of the room, an elevator just ahead of us opened, and a man pushing an old woman in a wheelchair, walked out. The woman was Kathy Bates, whose skin was blue and gray, soaked, and full of water, like how a drowning victim would look. She had seaweed all over her, and an arrow stuck in her left shoulder and neck. Her head was down, as she rolled out of the elevator, but as she rolled out and got closer, the man stopped pushing her, and lifted up her head. She had a huge crazy grin on her face, as she stared at us, looking like a drowning victim, soaked, bluish-gray, and wrinkled, with an arrow stuck in her shoulder. Dream ends. December 21st, 19 to December 22nd, 19. Random dream snippet. Strange dream about Santa not being real. There was also a weird song called Santa Fades Away playing which doesn't actually exist. All I remember is those lyrics, Santa Fades Away. Flatline. Dream end. Flatline. Flatline.